It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the World Series edition of Sharing Socks. Notice the socks aren't actually in the World Series. You perhaps should mention that as a spoiler alert. But uh, oh, seriously, yeah. State, yeah. Uh, oh. Outside socks duty geezer Lee Allen with me, my son, and West Coast correspondent wearing an Arizona Diamondbacks hat, uh, Will, uh, who is uh, probably foot sore from working picket line for 103 days now. Uh, yeah, for, uh, yeah. Screen Actors Guild. As they uh, march on into maybe nothing <laughs> as we go on. Uh, World Series time. I take it from the Arizona hat that you are rooting for the Diamondbacks. I thought long and hard about this. I really sat down and I thought about it. And, you know, because I root for the Dodgers out here, I was holding this like, oh, I can't root for the Diamondbacks thing. I, I can't root for the Diamondbacks. They're in our division. They knocked us out. But then I reflected on the two teams. And if there's any team in recent memory that plays baseball the way I like it, it's the Arizona Diamondbacks. So I, I, I share that with you. As you know, I'm a speed guy. I love speed. And they they lead the majors and things like stolen bases and triples. And uh, I haven't looked at stats on going first to third, but they probably do that as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. I, I I will join you in rooting for them. I think Texas is a much better team. Uh, but are they? So here's my thing. But are they? And and this I talked to we talk about this a lot because everyone says like, oh, every other team was better than the Diamondbacks and they made it to the World Series. But they made it to the World Series with a bunch of twenty three year olds and a couple forty year olds. And I mean True. it's 
it's hard to say that that is not a good team. I get when you, not that you're saying that they're not a good team, but, you know, I get that when you get into the bench, it's a little like, okay, we've got Paven Smith. Um, However, Paven Smith, I think, is hitting like 400 in the playoffs, and I didn't know who Paven Smith was. I, I think I, he about hit, hit, hit about 120 during the season. So. I've I've watched like 10 Diamondbacks games in person this year, and I when Paven Smith came up to bat in the NLDS, I was like, who the heck is this guy? He does not look like he belongs to Major League Baseball, uh, but he's he there he is. I I think this Diamondbacks team is currently the best team in baseball. And you outlined a lot of reasons for that. They, the speed, the defense, I mean, they're hitting. And then also the starting pitchers that they're going to have going in these first few games. I mean, you're going to have Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, and Brandon Fott. Who, out of nowhere. Talk about who, it out of nowhere. This guy has played... 19 games of Major League Baseball. He has played 19 games of Major League Baseball. In the regular season, you know, it was Brandon Fart for all practical purposes. There was certainly no point where you thought, this guy's throwing game seven of the NLCS. And and here he is, and he looks like the guy that Diamondbacks always thought he was going to be. I, I mean, he is – he's young still, of course. He's, he's very young, but – you know, seeing a rookie uh, pan out like this in the playoffs is often the storyline of the team that wins it. You you know, you either have these teams like the Yankee teams that had five starters who you were comfortable with pitching in the World Series. But a lot of times when it's not a team like the Yankees you or, or the Astros these days, uh, it is... It is these rookies. It is these guys who you did not expect to show up big time. And it wouldn't be a big deal if they didn't show up big time because they're 24 and you don't know how they're going to do on that stage. Brandon Fott is acting like he's ready to be Madison Bumgarner from from 2012-2014. Like, this is – it's amazing what he is doing. And then add on Zach Gallen, who I think is at times a certifiable ace. Add in Merrill Kelly, who is a great story, uh, who is also at times a certifiable ace. You've got three starting pitchers right now. It's not to say Brandon Fott's magic is going to keep up, but you've got three starting pitchers right now in games one, two, and three, where I would be very concerned facing them. And, and the, the thing was surprising because we knew about uh, Gallon and Kelly. I mean, that, that was no surprise, and Fontes came out of nowhere. The bullpen, the bullpen. I mean, did bullpen let a guy on base in the last four innings of Game Seven? I mean, this, they were just mowing everybody down, and there wasn't a hard hit ball. It's not like ah, oh, line shot, but it went right to the third baseman. There was nothing hard hit. I mean, uh, this is the this is the recipe for your team winning in the playoffs. You have a you have a a rookie starter who comes out of nowhere and looks elite. And then you have a bullpen that during the regular season was well short of spectacular. I mean, there, there are some good guys in there now. Paul Seawald, of course, is, is an excellent veteran pitcher. But most of these guys have no experience whatsoever pitching at these stakes. There are rookies coming out of the bullpen as well. 
I mean, I think a lot of these playoffs change if anybody would realize that Saul Frank is never going to throw a strike. Uh, (laughs) He he goes out there shaking in his boots. He doesn't throw the ball anywhere near the strike zone and somehow doesn't give up runs. It's the Dodgers did it and the Phillies did it as well. They go up there. I, I think at one point when Saul Frank was pitching, he threw 11 straight balls six inches or further from the strike zone and got three outs. I, I just, it, it blows my mind. If you were coaching me in Little League and a kid came up to pitch in the playoffs and didn't throw a ball anywhere near home plate every single time he has appeared, you would say, you know what, son, don't swing the bat. <laughs> don't swing the bat today. I, I, I think we're going to just let this, ball, this guy throw the ball around. Must, must really move, and they must move late. But it doesn't matter because you know that they're not strikes. It's it's not like he paints the corner. He paints nothing. He paints the <laughs> dirt uh, a foot in front of home plate. And these guys just look totally lost on it. And and I get it. If he has good stuff, it is probably moving and it's probably moving well. But we have the receipts here. We have the iPads when you go back yeah, in the dugout. It's crazy. It's unlike anything I've seen. And and then there are other bullpen guys. Uh, Thompson has has come out of nowhere as a guy who can get you three innings of shutout ball in the bullpen, which is like every manager's dream. And then uh, you've got Ginkle, who is in the running for funniest last name in Major League Baseball, and that's the only reason I knew who he was before these playoffs started. And he is looking like, the setup guy that every manager dreams of. Seawald, who has a tendency to be a little wild, has not been wild. Seawald has looked like Re- Mariano Rivera. He is throwing 93. That's it. These days, I mean, I realize, you know, 93 is still a fast pitch, but these days it's not. These days, you got a guy throwing 93 as your closer, and you kind of got to be worried. He's throwing 93, and these guys are an hour behind it. I I mean, and I know, and the announcers talk about this a lot, of why Seawalt's so effective, and it's because his his release point is exactly the same for every pitch. And guys just have no clue what pitch is coming. And as we know, uh, if you are not banging on a trash can, uh, it it is a lot harder to hit in Major League Baseball if you don't know what pitch is coming and you especially it's harder when you still don't know when it's halfway to home plate. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, Seawald has, has just been unbelievable. He is, he has been incredible. That was such a smart pickup, something they desperately, desperately needed. And he has come over and really taken, you know, the late innings uh, off the, off the back of Tori Lovello and, 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 shown up he has shown up it's been a pleasure to watch him pitch i'm gonna root for anybody who's 33 and older uh in the playoffs because you know it makes yes, me think yes. oh makes me think i i, I can still do it uh <laughs> probably not probably not the case uh but there's something about this diamondbacks team that reminds me so much of, and this is the main reason I am going to root for the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks World Series ring from 2001 
is the World Series that I can still picture the most in my head from watching as a kid. Really? It It is because I was raised by someone in my household to hate the Yankees at an oh, unhealthy yes. level and to see guys. No, who, no, a healthy level. A healthy level. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we grew up in, in Kentucky. I saw Reds games. Reggie Sanders was a guy I really liked. He goes to Arizona. They win the World Series in seven games in a walk-off. I mean, I, I can still picture those games so clearly. Um, plus, you know, Randy Johnson, we share the same birthday. The guy is an absolute stud, a legend of the game. Kurt Schilling, whatever. I mean, I get it. He's a big reason they won, but I don't like Kurt Schilling. Uh, but that, that 2001 Diamond, Diamondbacks team, Craig Council? I mean, come on. That was the time that America got introduced to maybe the weirdest, worst batting stance in the history of baseball. And, and he's a World Series hero. Uh, we all know him now as the manager of the Brewers, at least well, for this well, You're talking about Craig Council, who, of course, the White Sox are going to hire. Uh, they were just kidding about keeping Pedro Griffalls. And, yes, he's interviewing with the Mets, I think, today. And, and the Cleveland's interested. But he's probably going back to Milwaukee. But, gosh, you know, the White Sox are probably going to grab it because they'll go out there. One thing about the Diamondbacks are payroll. Uh, payroll numbers vary from who's counting what when. Uh, but they are uh, 116. 116. 21st in the majors compared to the White Sox, 181. And the Rangers, 196. Of course, the Rangers has some very expensive free agents. Uh, now, Arizona, I think, will have no former White Sox at the World Series. Sebi is the only one that I can think of that's on the roster at all. And he, has, he hasn't been on the, the postseason no. rosters. Which, and he which won't good be. reason. I'm sure he was just there as a third catcher in case somebody got hurt. Uh, and he can be brought in if a catcher gets hurt during the hey, series. He, so. he gets the ring. He gets the ring if they win it. And he gets he gets he gets and, oh that's an interesting you don't only get the ring, you get the money. Uh right. I looked up because I was curious if how much detail I could get on this. It's gonna be about a half million dollars a share uh this year. It was a little over that last year. Uh, but you know, the players vote. The players who are actually on the World Series team, the twenty-six vote on who gets shares of the 26 get shares and some teams are more generous than others but it tends to get, they tend to give something to anybody who's on the team all year unless it was a guy who played very badly and they hated if you were there for for 10 wow. games a minor leaguer was there for 10 games so give you one twentieth of a share or one fifteenth yeah, of a share yeah. so you get something uh the clubhouse guys get it security guys who are around the team get it uh, anybody around the team really uh, will normally end up with a share. There have been some interesting cases. There was one a few years ago, and I forget the team now, where a minor league coach in that system had got hit by a line drive. He was coaching first and got hit by a line drive and died. And they gave his wife a full share. Wow. That kind of thing. So that, that's, they, they can do some really that's cool classy. things. Yeah, yeah, that's classic. And they can do they can shut guys out too. So <laughs> you, you you never know. Uh, on the other hand, the Rangers have two former White Sox. One left in the one of the most notoriously 
humongously awful <laughs> Rick Andre's ever uh, when Marcus Simeon. And I looked, I thought, wasn't, well, I kind of remember Simeon be kind of stone handed uh, defensively when he was with the Sox. So I looked he was not he great actually, with us, though. He, he had he had very good numbers, defensive numbers with the Sox, defensive runs saved and that kind of stuff. Uh, but obviously he was a very good hitter even then. So he went, and Chris Bassett went for a, <laughs> a semi-rental of Jeff Samarja. And Samarja's one accomplishment was he had one of the few names that I had to look it up Every time I typed it, <laughs> I could never remember that. Spelling and you couldn't, anything. you couldn't have been in a good mood every time you had to look it up. Either. No, no, because <laughs> no, you're not. looking up how do how do I spell Samarja gave up seven in the first? How, how do I spell that? Uh, yeah, I mean Marcus Semien. Every time I watch a playoff game with Texas, my head is just spinning. <laughs> what could it have been like? You know, I when Semyon played for the White Sox, I certainly didn't view him as this guy who was going to become a star. No, no not a superstar. Um, no, the good, good, solid player. Yeah. yeah, he 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 seemed like a White Sox kind of player in a lot of ways. Um, you know, okay defense and 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 decent hitting. Um, that trade in retrospect is a lot worse than it even was then. And we clocked it as bad then. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm a little indifferent on rooting for former White Sox uh, to win World Series rings with other teams. I get that Texas has never won and we should be wanting teams that have never won to win. But because of the 2001 World Series, I am uh-huh. still supporting the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah. Uh, hold on. In addition to Semyon, and a guy who I really liked when the White Sox had him, was sorry to see go. And it looked like, initially it looked like, well, maybe it wasn't that bad a trade, but now it's turning out to be a very bad bad trade. Uh, Dane Dunning, who had yeah. a superb year, his first really, really good year. And, uh, you know, they've got uh, three or four more years of control. And, and the guy we got in exchange is is gone to the Dodgers and probably gone for baseball. I, I I don't, he'll hang around a little bit, but I don't think he has anything left. Uh, as far as that goes, Lance Lynn is just, I, yeah, I, I think he's got, I, I think he's still got something in the tank. He's, but, yeah. he's 30, 36 now. Yeah. You know, or, or will be 36 next season. Yeah, maybe, uh, but not much. It's not, and Dunning, Dunning's got a big future. But <laughs> I looked at the war. Uh, this, this was B war because I was in baseball reference. Dunning and Semyon, between them, have like one tiny hair's less war than the entire White Sox team. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And that's a team with Luis Robert. So in yes, reality... Yes, Luis Robert had, had almost half of the White Sox war. Yeah, if you take and, out and Luis And the guy Robert. whose name we don't, don't say had most of the rest. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I remember you and I not being thrilled that Dane Dunning was was going away. Um, we we actually were kind of on the Dane Dunning train a little bit. You were more we were, so. I was. Yeah. You were very on the Dane Dunning train. I was on the Dylan Cease train. This is from the time when it, 
was the beginning of me starting to look like a genius, which has then faded, which was the 8 million times I said Dylan Cease is going to become an elite pitcher uh, when he was still had an ERA around 8. He's kind of letting me down on my brilliant predictions lately. Um, but Dane Dunning was really starting to look like he was taking a turn. In fact, that whole starting rotation, if they'd kept them together, might have been different. Uh, because they actually had a very great camaraderie going. I remember watching those games and, and seeing Dunning, Cease, and Giolito around each other all the time. Uh, and and thinking, wow, this this could actually be the next great core of White Sox starters. Uh, didn't pan out that way. Dunning is gone. Giolito is gone. Uh, Cease or a version of Cease is still around. Um, but uh, we got to take our break. But before we do, I just want to hear your World Series prediction. I'm going to root for the Diamondbacks. I think Texas will win. I'm going to go seven games, though. Seven games. Okay. Well, we had seven games in each championship series for the first time since 2004, uh, including the Phillies' first ever game seven in the history of their franchise, which they lost. So they are 0-1 in game sevens. Uh, But it was a rather lackluster playoffs until the championship series. Right. Everything... None of them went to a final game. No, none of them. And a lot of them were sweeps. Uh, so I, I think this could definitely go seven as well. I hope it does. Uh, I think we were looking at one of potentially the lowest rate TV rated World Series of my lifetime. Uh, I'm sure that the executives at Fox or whoever were praying that Philadelphia was going to come back in that last game. Uh, and and keep the Arizona team that no one anywhere else in the country knows exists. Uh, but yeah, I am going to go. Yeah, Dallas Dallas Fort Worth is a, is a big market. It's not a top three market or even a top right. four where Philadelphia comes in. But it's 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 five or six. It's 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 a big TV market. Uh, Arizona, on the other hand, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah, Texas has a good market, and being in the World Series. Last time Texas was in the World Series is another World Series I vividly remember uh, as I the Jeff Awards were happening. Those are the Chicago version of the Tonys. And uh, in lieu of sitting in the theater and watching them, I sat at the bar alone and watched the Rangers give up their game six lead uh, <laughs> en route to the Cardinals winning the World Series in that incredible comeback from the Cardinals. I think David Freese is still a name that Texas Rangers fans hear uh, whispered into their ears as they drift off into the night. I think he will haunt Rangers fans forever. Uh, I'm going to go Diamondbacks in six. Whoa. Uh, I think Diamondbacks are going to do it in six. I wish they could finish it off in Arizona, but I don't think they will. I think they will win the World Series. I think we will have two World Series within four years, one at Globe Life Field, not by the Rangers. Uh, that is that is my bold prediction. But let's take our break here. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little uh, baseball television that you witnessed uh, last night and that I need to watch. Uh, you, some of you might know what we're talking about. But hang in there. We'll be right back on Sharing Socks. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Sharing Socks. We talked World Series and White Sox players playing in them or not playing in them. Uh, but tell me a little bit about the documentary you watched last night. Uh, it's gotten a lot of publicity, especially among White Sox fans. Of course, The Saint of Second Chances was, is actually about Mike Vick, Bill Vick's son. Uh, he's the key to it, although there's a lot about Bill in there, which would give me a chance to tell my, my great Bill Vick story, except I just told it on another Southside Sox podcast as a story come one with uh, Brett and Mark Liptak. So I won't do it on two in a row within a few days. I'll, I'll save that because I really love that story. But uh, they, it's a very interesting documentary. Uh, got some actors playing parts in it, you know, where it's uh, not strictly newsreel footage kind of thing. Uh, and Mike himself does a a lot of the talking being interviewed, but I will tell you, since you have not watched it, I, I would say for White Sox fans, it is worth watching, even though Mike, other than the horror of Disco Demolition Night, which basically ended his major league career, except for a very brief moment later, uh, <laughs> almost ended the White Sox <laughs> for that better. <laughs> and then sent his poor dad, who was probably the greatest owner from the point of view of being a fan's owner in the history of the game. And that's, he didn't have any money, so he wasn't a great owner from winning, but but just from being concerned about fans. But uh, anyway, I just about ended his his time as well, like his second time in ownership of the side. But at any rate, I will warn you. Uh, I will not tell you why, but I will warn you, have a hanky handy before it's over. Because of seasonal allergies? <laughs> no. Not in California, because you don't have seasons. But uh, true, just, true. just their content at the end is is um, very sad. So okay. but I, just, I, I will just say that. Uh, but overall, the thing, it, it's very interesting, especially all the things he did in the minor leagues that we know from having lived in Dayton for so long, where we had a, a very, very successful minor league team, the Dayton Dragons, uh, a red uh, single A team. Uh, all this screwball stuff that the minor leagues do in the way of publicity stunts to try to get people into the stands. And the Dragons didn't have to do them as much because they sold out, I think, their first nine years in a row. Uh, but uh, most do. Most have to go to bizarre things. Uh, one of Mike's things was having a, because 
one of the teams that he owned was uh, the mascot was what was and it, it was it was a foreseen kind of name. So a pig would carry the baseballs out to the empire, blow <laughs> <laughs> back on its back. Uh, that kind of thing was very. Uh, I, I mean, as as the audience, uh, you know, uh, luring goes, having a having a pig bring out the baseballs is one of the cooler ones I've actually ever heard of. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's not even loud and obnoxious. <laughs> and and pigs, big fans of mud. So they were probably very comfortable with a Delaware River mud rubbed baseball. They probably felt right at home bringing those out. Not sure there's a lot of pigs that, rolling I around. I don't know there. that the low level miners rate Delaware River mud. I think that goes to the majors, but some other mud, I'm sure. Geez. Yeah, they probably. This, is, this they, was in St. Paul, so it was probably Mississippi River uh, that yeah. they used. Co- Costco discount mud for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, if you would like, check out that documentary. We are not going to say where you can see it. Uh, and if you would like to it check it out. It is on a streaming service you have to pay for. That is a struck company. Uh, we, we, would, so. we would name it, except SAG is on strike against it, and half of this team is SAG. Yes. So, uh, and the other my, is a SAG sympathizer. My advice would be keep an eye on the news, and as soon as the strike is over, there's a great documentary about the White Sox for you to stream. Um, I want to go back to something in the first half where you joked about the White Sox potentially getting Craig Council as a manager. Uh, I realize that is just a joke. There's been no rumblings of this whatsoever. Do you think there's a world where that could actually happen? Where they got Craig Council, or where they yeah. just got some other manager? Because because Craig Council is now allowed to take interviews. The Brewers had said that they were going to keep him, uh, but much like with Bob Melvin, who is now in San Francisco, uh, Council is on the open market uh, as a manager. Technically, do you think there's a world where if Craig Council says, "I would coach the Chicago White Sox," that they keep Pedro Grafal and don't go for Craig Council? I don't think there is a world in which Craig Council, who is a very smart guy and obviously working in Milwaukee all these years, uh, has been very close to Chicago and Chicago media. I don't think there's a world where he would come to Chicago. I, I don't I, I don't know that even if he and Chris Getz happened to go way back and used to be drinking buddies in college or something. Uh, I don't think it comes because the organization is so dysfunctional and the entire major leagues know how dysfunctional this organization is. Now, the one case could be if Jerry would be, you know, you know, six feet under yeah. uh, by the time the interview comes. Uh, but that's not going to happen. He's going to live to be at least 130. So because of the debacle of the last few years through Liberusa and then through Grafal and, of course, everybody being no, everybody being in the know on how dysfunctional everything about this organization is. Do you see a world in the next five years in which we can even land a marquee manager of any kind? Or general manager. Or general manager. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think part of people talk when, when Reinsdorf was saying, well, I know who the, all, all the other prospects for the GM job would be. So there's, I know them all. There's no need to talk to them. 
I think the reason, and nobody ever said this, but I think the reason that there was no need to talk to him was he knew they wouldn't come. Yeah. He knew well, none the of good, these people who are really the good ones. I, certainly James Click, I was from the, from the moment James Click was, was dropped by Houston last year. Going, James Click, James Click, we got to get James Click. Why would James Click come here? Yeah. And, and even on a much, I don't think she's nearly as good as James Click, but uh, uh, Kim Ang, uh, why would she come here? She's, left Miami because of dispute over control, she'd have no control here under Reinsdorf. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, and, and and GMs and just, like control. GMs like yeah, control. Yeah. And it's the same. All these guys who are bouncing around Boston that it's going to do GM and, you know, it's going there. It's what, five or six openings around, around the majors and all the names that are being thrown. I, mean, I know at first when, when the firings finally came from Williams and Hahn, they were going, well, uh, let's get, uh, Jed Hoyer, well, Hoyer's only, you know, eight miles up the road. He knows what's going on down there. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, they're, they're not coming to Chicago, not as long as Jerry's there. Uh, it's it's not going to happen. There's no, it, yes, if you offer them $100 million a year and, uh, yeah, and, and a five-year unbreakable contract, sure, they, they will be there. But that's I not going to happen either. The the White Sox wouldn't give Shohei Otani forty million dollars a year, so the chances that they're going to pay a, a reputable GM enough to lure them into the mess that is the White Sox seems extremely unlikely. So where does a team go when they can't get a good GM and they can't get an elite manager? Where when they is go to one hundred and one losses? Yeah, like. And, and I just don't see, and and I think you're right, and I, of course, don't wish that level of ill will on anyone, but I think as long as this is a Reinsdorf team and Reinsdorf is in the picture, we will not get a good GM. We will not get a good manager. I mean, we could go out there and do it if we really needed to. You could pay these people enough to do this, but you have to be interested in winning. I I think there's a world where there's a price that does get you Craig Council. I, I think there's a price that does get you some of these guys who but we know are. The other, the other thing, particularly from the manager's point of view, a general manager coming in could have a chance at least to build a team. Right. I mean, you're right. rock bottom, and so they can build it from the bottom up and, and get credit for that and deserve credit for that. A manager's coming in to a team that stinks, that is near the bottom in every possible category of, of hitting, pitching, and fielding that has nobody coming up from the minors except Colson Montgomery. Uh, just nobody else. Uh, even with all the pitchers that were traded away last year, the guys we got to return to streaming might be pretty good. That may be it. Uh, yeah. Manager you're, comes you're, in, and then the manager comes in, now he's not going to get credit if they go from 101 wins to 95, which is the best he could do. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it, it isn't it really it, managers like to have good players. It helps a lot. It helps <laughs> a lot. I, I mean, this is only a, this is a situation where you're only getting someone great if they find themselves unemployed and they, for some reason, tell themselves, I'm going to be the guy that's going to take this challenge and I'm going to try to do it. But usually guys don't do that when there's no one in the pipeline. It, no, no. You, yeah. you do they, see they it occasionally. Now, Mark Liptak, during that history, 
uh, podcast I was talking about predicted that if things go as expected uh, in 2024, that Grifal will be out by the All-Star break. But my guess is if he's out, it'll be Charlie Montoya. I mean, he's still the bench coach, I believe. They, they haven't yeah. fired him. So uh, he'll just move up and they won't have anybody from outside doing anything, which is what's new with that. Um, and as you said moments ago, it, it doesn't matter if you don't have any good players. I mean, not that we don't have any good players, but if you can't field a, a full good team, which we can't. No, we're coming anywhere close. I, I looked this morning. And we're recording this, I'd say, Thursday before the World Series starts. Uh, I just looked at the stats for the Rangers on, on baseball reference. Uh, and they do it by position uh, for the batters. And I looked through it. If you did an all-star team of Rangers and White Sox, there would be one White Sox player on that team. Or position players. I mean, you get the pitchers and you know, mix and yeah, match. Yeah. So eventually, yeah, some White Sox will work into it. Uh, one, obviously, Louis Strawberry Jr. No other White Sox player would be the starter of an all star team made up of Texas Rangers and Chicago White Sox. None. Wow. I, and I'm not sure that many White Sox players would be on an all all star Diamondback team either. No, probably it, not. I I didn't look at that, but I, I agree. There might be. Well, I don't know who else. Uh, I, 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 who else? Yeah. There's, there's I, no position player we've got better than average, other than Luis. Historically, Tim, but only offensively, not defensively. Uh, yeah. But not certainly not last year. I mean, it was negative four, negative two war, just horrible. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean. <laughs> there's nothing and we advised their authority saying he's you know he said i'm not getting Shohei Otani, which apparently was against the rules so he get presumably gets fined but um i think when he says that it means more than we're not getting Shohei Otani. It, it means we're not doing anything yeah if you're out, coming out, out, out outside of our long 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 time 40 year long comfort zone yeah, I mean, if you're com- if you're breaking the rules to come out and say we're not even going to try for Otani, which we obviously know they're not getting Otani, but if you're going to break the rules to come out and say that, what you're really saying is I'm not opening my wallet, so don't get your expectations pointed in that direction. Yeah, I said no, no tenure, no tenure contracts for pitchers. I don't know if there are are there any tenure contracts for pitchers. I can't imagine there's a tenure. Maybe Steven Strasburg had a tenure. Uh, early, I mean, years and years and years oh, ago, an extension, extension kind of thing. Uh, um, but I, I, I mean, signing a pitcher. How long? To a how long was Scherzer? Not ten. No, I mean, no, no. But also, you have to remember, and this is again, Reinsdorf thinking is to say, I'm not giving ten years to a pitcher. Well, nobody who's giving Otani this contract is hiring him thinking we're getting 10 years of pitching out of Shohei Otani. People don't know if we're getting any years of pitching out of (laughs) Shohei Otani. Now, likely he will come back as a pitcher and try it in 2025. But to be so tunnel-visioned on that, when you are actually talking about getting the best hitter in the game – uh, it's not like signing Scherzer to, if you were to say, oh, we'll give Scherzer a 10, 10 year deal. 
that's a guy who's never going to bat. That is a guy who is only going to pitch. With Shohei Otani, you could get Scherzer-level pitching back starting in 2025. But worst-case scenario is you are going to get a Jordan Alvarez-level DH. And a guy who is, is in his absolute prime, and I think will be able to hit the ball with the best of them for the next 10 years. I mean, this is the guy with the best work ethic in the game. He's got his head on his shoulders. He's an absolute stud on and off the field. Why that type of thinking of saying, I'm not going to give this to a pitcher is exactly what is wrong. Probably, about he's probably a pretty good outfielder. We haven't seen him do that much That's at all the in other, recent years. That, and he is. He is a good outfielder. You put him in right field. Even if he can't pitch, he should be able to play in the field after the second Tommy John. This is not a guy where you are saying, I'm not going to give up 10 years of a contract to a pitcher who may not make it 10 years. You're you're hiring an elite hitter for 10 years, possibly an elite fielder for 10 years, and possibly a Cy Young pitcher for part of that. You just don't know. Um, but I agree. Him him coming out and saying we're not doing that was not about Otani. We obviously knew they weren't going to get Otani. Our biggest contract in history is Andrew Benatendi, uh, which is not even a $100 million contract. So there is there is no now, In way. fairness, the Pirates have never had a $100 million contract either. So it's not like the White Sox are long. There you go. However, the Pirates are likely going to have $100 million contracts in their near future because they have actually built a team with great prospects. Uh, The Pirates, here's a hot take. The Pirates are going to win a playoff series before the White Sox. And I have no doubt in my mind about that. I don't have one smidgen of doubt that the Pirates are going to win a playoff series before the Chicago White Sox. We will bookmark this episode so I can come back. We better. We better. And talk about that because I do think the Pir- if the White Sox don't get in the way of the Pirates by breaking their star's legs again, then the Pirates are going to, to win a playoff series before the White Sox. There are very few teams out there that I wouldn't make that bet about. <laughs> But I do, I do feel confident. The Rockies, I think, I'm not picking. But the the Pirates, I do think, the are going to win. I mean, the A's. The yeah, A's, I think, I think Kansas City very, very well made. Kansas City definitely could with with the guys they have coming up, the young guys. Uh, that is all the time we have for today. Do you have any final thoughts before we sign off? Not well. I'm wearing. I'm wearing. Uh, you can't see. I'm wearing a White Sox World Series shirt from 2005. Just thought I'd. For historical purposes, I'd bring that up. Yes, yes, I remember that. A World Series that happened half of my life ago. Uh, <laughs> very, very excited to, to hold on to that. Um, well, you heard it here first. He, the geezer has Texas in seven. I have Arizona in six. We will catch up with you on the other end of this World Series and talk about how incredible my six-game prediction was. I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks for listening, and we will see you after the World Series right here on Sharing Socks.